Today's football news is with thanks to Fuji Clean, manufacturing sewer treatment plants since the 60s with over 3 million systems installed around the globe. Call 1-300-733-619 or visit fujiclean.com.au. Well, time to talk soccer, and as always, we have our producer, James Clark, here to join us. Morning, Clarky. Nice to be with you, boys. Yes, and uh, on the line, uh, fresh from, uh, well, doing his European coaching stint and going around and having a look at some of his old uh, clubs and uh, catching up with old teammates, but back in the Gold Coast now, I assume, yes. Scott McDonald. Morning, Scott. Good morning. How are you going, Scott? Now, um, I know there's not a lot of football. I know we've got the women's Euro that's kicked off and uh, uh, England are up uh, 1-0 against Austria at Old Trafford. Great great scenes there. Massive crowd at Old Trafford, oh. which is, is fantastic for women's football. So anyone who says that uh, women's football can't attract a crowd, uh, just tune in to, to Optus Sport now and uh, see the scenes at Old Trafford. So uh, it'd be a great start to the tournament for for England as well over Austria. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the women's game is, is just growing so so quickly, uh, Clarky. You know, it's, it's phenomenal to see. And uh, this Euros is, is certainly going to be very exciting and, and a great build-up for, obviously, what to expect, hopefully, when the World Cup comes to us in, in uh, next year, 2023. Um, we'll see some top teams in, in this European competition. Obviously, it's the strongest, you'd have to say, competition out there uh, in the women's game. Um, and a lot of potential winners of that World Cup uh, to challenge our Matildas uh, in 2023. That's for sure. Speaking of Matildas, you've got you've had one of uh, the Matildas training with you uh, before she goes back to Europe. Uh, Emily Gilnick, uh, let uh, the listeners know what what she's been doing on the coast and uh, and preparing for a, a big uh, a big season ahead. Yeah, well, obviously she was preparing for those two games of recent back in Europe. Uh, she wanted to keep ticking over before uh, before those two games. Uh, she's really keen to, to make the squad for, for the World Cup, obviously, and uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have her within our men's setup and didn't didn't look out of place whatsoever, which you would fully expect, mind you. Um, and it was just an absolute pleasure to have her down at Gold Coast Nights. And, um, yeah, uh, hopefully she'll be back next week again and um, before she goes back to Aston Villa um to ply our trade back over overseas again where i think majority of the matildas are now and have to be because the uh, the level of quality of player like we just talked about in europe is 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 where it is so um we wish her all the best and we had some great news uh, a couple of days ago that matildas will be playing canada at suncorp stadium but also great news that uh, the socceroos will make a return back to to suncorp stadium on the 22nd of september to play the new zealand all whites uh Suncorp hasn't had, it's, I think the last time they played someone there was a couple of years ago against Korea. So great news for, for Socceroos fans and uh, playing their last game before they head off to Qatar. Yeah, it really is. And look, uh, I'm not just saying this because I live up here now. I, look, my fondest memories of playing for Australia in Australia was always at Suncorp, a proper football stadium, you know, rectangular. Uh, and the, the atmosphere that it creates, um, you know, with the 50,000 there, it's, it's wonderful to, to play at. So Really looking forward uh, to them coming and obviously playing against our old foe. And uh, looking forward to taking my son to it, Clarky, as I imagine mm. you will be too. Yeah. So, you know, that's the biggest thing. And it's so wonderful to see so much football coming to our shores again. And obviously next week we've got the Raw, you know, playing against Leeds down at Seabus and, and Villa and, and, and Leeds taking on each other at Suncorp also. So exciting times. Yeah, was it 10 years ago? Did you play in that um, game against Japan at Suncorp? Oh, my God. Now you're testing me. It <laughs> was about 10 years ago. <laughs> hey, it was a long time ago, yeah. whatever it was, so uh, possibly. Now, Scott, um, 
despite there not being any football on in uh, over the Premier League, but there's plenty of transfer news and also news about, uh, I guess, probably the biggest news story at the moment is Ronaldo. Is he going to stay at uh, United? Uh, is he going to come to Australia for this uh, this uh, pre-season tour? I think they go to Thailand and then on to Australia. But um, there's a, a few few clubs lining up for his signature, I, no doubt, like Chelsea, Barcelona, PSG have been mentioned, uh, Bayern, and even Napoli in, in Italy. So uh, what, do you, what do you think is going to happen there? Are you a big United fan? Would you like to see him stay for yeah. that final year? Well, you know what? The press usually don't get it wrong these days. Clarky, you know, and, and and I don't think they've got it wrong on this occasion either, which is really disappointing as a Manchester United fan that, that Cristiano Ronaldo wants to leave. Understandable to a to a degree that he wants to still play in the Champions League, though. And um, with that saying, and, and I think all Manchester United fans will think the same here that they just hope that he, if he does leave, it's not to another English Premier League club because it will tarnish his reputation at the football club itself. Um, if he was to go. And I think he's not silly either, and, and his agent, Jorge Mendes, I think they will be looking further afield and abroad because they, they just don't want to touch that legacy. I think that's one to be kept. And as for Australia, yeah, well, that's the big story, isn't it? We, we want to see him over here, but it's looking very slim at the moment. I, I can't see him coming here. I think uh, they're at a the standstill at the moment, and uh, Manchester United are looking for some money for him. So uh, we'll have to wait on seeing that one. Um, speaking of uh, Ronaldo, the suggestion he might go to PSG, geez, that'll be a pretty crowded old dressing room with, what, Neymar, <laughs> Mbappé, Messi and Ronaldo. <laughs> They'll need a bigger room. Uh, can't see that. I can't see that happening. No, I can't see that happening. But Pochettino... Um, when Messi yeah. came, I suppose the, the, it was a double-edged sword. Uh, great to get him into the team, but if he didn't win a Champions League with uh, Messi now joining Mbappe and Neymar, he was in strife, and that's what uh, turned out to be the case. They've gone back to a French coach. Yeah, well, that's right, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know particularly a lot about, obviously, the French coach now, but it's going to be interesting to see if he can deal with all the egos in that changing room. If there's an extra added one in terms of Ronaldo there, my goodness, it's like the Galacticos of, mm. of Real Madrid once over again. And uh, But it just goes to show that, that money just doesn't buy you all mm. the success. It gets you close, mm. but uh, it just doesn't get you over the line, as we've seen with PSG at the moment. Um, you need a good manager that can lead the changing room i.e. Pep Guardiola has done it at Manchester City. They have had the funds, they have had success, but he's brought them you know, right to the very, very top just because just he's a quality coach. So PSG have always been looking for that continuity within their club and I, I guess they probably need to stick with someone a little bit longer um, than what they have done in recent years. You know, Tuchel leaves them and wins the Champions League, um, gets close, gets to a final and, they, and then, then they sack him They've, they've done the same to Pochettino now in, in terms of sacking him after winning the French League, uh, which they hadn't won the year before. So um, it, it's going to be interesting for them and see, see where they lie. And I think their recruitment process needs to change a little bit as well. It, you know, for the money that they're spending, you, you would want it for, to be invested in a bit of more youth and talent that, that are going to stay there like the, the likes of Mbappe to, to make sure your success stays there for years to come. And uh, with Liverpool, uh, good news for them. Mo Salah, he's, he's staying at the club, but uh, Divock Origi, he's, he's left and he's, he's arrived in uh, Milan. So uh, a, f- a few changes there at Liverpool. Interested to get your thoughts on who do you think, out of the, the top four or the, the top teams in the Premier League next year, who, who do you think is going to be the surprise uh, and who's going to be the one that may disappoint? You know, I actually think Manchester United will surprise I, they had a really, really bad season last year, guys, just off the Richter scale. And I think with Ten Hag in there, I think he'll balance it. I think with Ronaldo leaving, it's not a bad thing. I, I've come to I've come to fruition that that's okay now, guys, that he's leaving. <laughs> 
But um, and Pogba, I think yeah. Look, and Pogba too. I, I think the personalities out there, and I think Ten Hag will get a good opportunity to actually infiltrate what he needs and what he wants. I think Bruno Fernandes will become a better player again now that he's not in the shadow of Ronaldo. Look, they need Freddie De Jong through the door ASAP, and and they need a couple more. There's no question. Uh, but the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, you know, Manchester City with Erling Haaland. I actually think Arsenal have recruited really well as well. So, um, you know, speaking about Manchester United, I think Arteta, this could be the year where he comes a little bit more to the fore. If he doesn't, I think he'll be under pressure. Um, as always in the Premier League, there's always someone that loses their job quite quickly. So lots, uh, lots to be interested about, lots to be excited about. And we're still probably about four or five weeks away. So anything can happen between now and then, guys. Now, Scott, an interesting story that uh, the last, well, week or so, but ever, ever since uh, Tom Rogic has left Celtic, um, I know Graham Arnold's spoken about it. He's tried to reach out to Tom Rogic, hasn't returned his calls or texts. Uh, and there's a bit of a concern there at the, the PFA. He, he said the PFA were trying to contact him. He, he mightn't be in a really good headspace, Tom Rogic. Yeah, well, look, uh, it's, it's all suggestions, isn't it? Yeah. If you've not spoken to the, the individual, how do you really know? And <laughs> I know Tommy's a very, very private guy. Maybe he's just totally switched off Yeah. Um, and not speaking to anyone. So it could be just as simple as that, or it could be. So, you know, it's uh, it's important we ask those questions and, and, and hopefully he does get in contact with people and just lets people know that everything's going okay. Um, but it is very strange, isn't it? Like, one, to leave Celtic as, as quickly as he had uh, done because I still believe there was years on that contract to go and they, they came to an agreement uh, and then obviously not turning up to the, the crucial matches for, for the Socceroos and we all know what an important player he is for, for Australia as well and we want to see him back playing uh, you know, at the highest level uh, to give him the best possible opportunity of being successful for us. You know, in November, you know, come guitar uh, for the World Cup. So fingers crossed, he's okay. And some good news, Scott uh, Owen Mobile. He's uh, he's going to be playing in La Liga. He's gone to Cadiz, uh, which is great news. The the more you see our Socceroos players playing in Europe, uh, in the in the big leagues, is a great thing. And and Keanu Bacchus from uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, he's off to St Mirren in in Scotland. So. You know, a few players playing their craft, and then then the likes of Kevin Musket, uh, our coach, and, and Ross Aloisi at uh, Yokohama Marinos, where Ange was, uh, they're top of the J League. So some Aussies doing some great things overseas. Yeah, it's wonderful to see, and it's starting to slowly creep back into our game where players are ending up back in Europe again, which is fantastic to see, Clarkie, because there was a period of time there, and I think the money's dried out now in, in, in Asia where a lot of our players were choosing the bigger finances uh, at earlier ages to go to Asia because it was on, it, it was available to them. I, I think it's not as much now, and I think players are now going, well, I'm ambitious, uh, you know, and I want to go and you know make further finance, but I also want to play in, in better competitions. And I think that can only be good for, for Australian football and for the national team, you know, in the coming years. And, Fingers crossed we get to see a few more uh, before that window shuts. And uh, also, great news too, Calvin Phillips. Uh, he's signed with, we, I know he's talked about Liverpool and uh, Manchester United, but Man City, uh, they've, they've sort of been forgotten. I mean, Haaland's there, but Calvin Phillips, great signing from them, from Leeds, uh, midfielder, English midfielder. He's gone there on a six-year deal. What What's he going to bring to Man City? Oh, look, I think he just takes over the place of Fernandinho. They're looking for a, for someone to, to take over that role. Um, no I pressure. Think time he will be. No, no, no pressure at all. He just, just took the words out of my mouth in terms of, you know, I think it will take him a little bit of time to be that, that internal leader that Fernando, Fernandinho was for, for Manchester City. 
But I just can't believe you being a Liverpool fan and me, a Manchester United fan, that we have to say that's wonderful that he signed for them. No, I'm it's horrible. Yeah, they I'm... are so strong now. It's it's scary. The likes of Haaland and Phillips coming to, to that squad that already is a phenomenal squad. So... They're going to be hard to beat again this year. Yeah, yeah I'm a, actually an Arsenal supporter, so I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, pretty, sorry. I'm pretty sorry, happy at the yeah. moment uh, with uh, with <laughs> what Arteta's doing. He's got a he's got a great squad. He's almost, uh, I'd have to say, he's building a squad very similar to what Man- Manchester City. I, I guess he was an assistant uh, under Pep Guardiola, so he's building a very strong squad with lots of uh, backup positions there and a, and a really good front line. But he's also strengthened their defence. Yeah, I, I was going to call you Manchester City Reserves, actually, Clark. <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> no, you're definitely right. And I mentioned him earlier um, in terms of, you know, the recruitment process and, and what they've done in the summer. And I, I think it's excellent, actually. I think I think he's done very well. He's got, he's, he's got his players in early as well. I think that always helps because you want to work with them before the season starts. Not not like Manchester United, who seems to always wait to the last minute. Um, and I think they'll be in a good place come the start of the season. It's just the consistency, as we know with Arsenal over the last decade, that, that's been the problem. They have these great little periods within the season and then they drop off. Can he be consistent this year and can they be consistent as a team and, and, and stay in that top four? And, Scott, we found out too, if any English Premier League teams are looking for some strikers, perhaps Sierra Leone is the place to go because... <laughs> uh, uh, there's a few guys there that are scoring goals left, right and centre. Yeah, so I've heard. I, I think someone else was scoring off the pitch with this one as well. Guys, <laughs> yeah, two yeah. scores we found out. Yeah, 95 nil and 91-1. And respectively, it was 7-1 and 2 nil at half time. So must have been very windy conditions over there. <laughs> yeah, I think less said the better about this one, I think. I've got to be careful my P's and Q's. But, um, yeah, very interesting. My goodness, almost 100 goals in a game. You know, there must not have been a lot of action in between actually the ball ending up in the net, that's for sure. Yeah, hopefully they didn't have to wait for VAR decisions either. Good on you, Scott. Always a pleasure, mate. We'll catch up again soon. No worries. Thanks, guys. Take care.